0: Welcome to doc 9 Tech Talks. Good morning, everyone. I'm delighted to be joined this morning by Rob Sickett, who is Digital Policy Manager at the Building Society Association. So today we're going to discuss some of the key digital challenges that building sites face, the progress and transformation in the sector so far, and some of the opportunities that becoming a truly digital mutual opens up. So firstly, uh, thanks for joining us, Rob. Do you want to start by giving us a quick overview of the, the BSA and your role there?
1: Absolutely. Um, thanks for having me, Mark. It's uh, much appreciated. Um, I've been at the BSA for uh, six years. Um, uh, I joined as a, a mortgage and housing policy uh, um, officer, and then I think about two years ago, um, that was when our chief executive, Robin beef he decided to kind of, we really needed a focus on, on digital, given how much kind of um, change was going on, in in kind of the wider financial services sector so that was kind of when my role changed and um, my my job at the moment is is, is, um, primarily I think promoting what our members are doing in sector as much as we're kind of um, we're creating events such as um, over the last we've we've done four digital mutual events so one every half year um, which is really about sort of of, uh, bringing together our members and and fintechs and, and consultants to talk about kind of how they view the market as changing. I think Mark, you attended our our first one yep. as a kind of um, as a guest, and I think that's that there, there there really is so much within the sector I think um so if we can kind of open up um, maybe some of the changes going on and also I think um as time's gone on, actually uh, obviously nationwide as as our biggest member is. Mm-hmm is very innovative and doing an awful lot but actually a lot of our smaller firms and mid-sized firms are equally innovative yep. so we've been really trying to showcase um at those events what 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 firms are doing and really get a discussion about sort of where where firms are uh, are doing things first actually they can sort of share um you know their, their 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 experiences and actually what's worked for them so i think that's kind of worked, worked well uh, just to say quickly before i joined the bsa i spent 11 years on the industry trade magazine mortgage strategy and last five years um so over the kind of financial crisis i was the editor of the magazine as well so yep. my background is in <coughs> financial journalism mm-hmm. um and and sort of um i then i then shifted across for a, a new challenge cool
0: um, cool sounds good and yeah, yeah i definitely recommend your digital mutual events I you mean, always had really interesting content and, uh, and good debates Thanks. as well yeah, I'm to go to our next one will be actually be
1: on the 3rd and 4th of november um, okay. so we'll hopefully be putting out more information
0: is that uh, is that going to be in person
1: or remote no unfortunately not we did have a, uh, a physical event booked but i think given um concerns about covid and i just think um i think it was the right call especially given what what's been going on recently
0: so uh, Hopefully, we can yeah. be together again in person next year. Hopefully. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. Good, well, um, yeah, I mean, if you if, if you want to uh, share a link to that at the end, I can include that in the, in the show notes, and we can. You can uh, yeah, great. Also. So I guess, actually talking about meeting in person, so we actually last met, uh, back at the end of January, didn't we? Uh, mortgage digital transformation mm. roundtable in the Gherkin, and um, it's fair to say, a lot's happened since then, hasn't it, Rob? <laughs> uh, yeah, and so it was like a different world, doesn't it? Uh, a meeting in person would a big group back then. Um, I think certainly what we're seeing at Doc Nine is that off the back of the pandemic, uh, we're seeing the kind of the adoption and development of digital services really being accelerated at many banks and mortgage lenders. So I'll be really interested to hear if you're here, if you're seeing the same thing in the mutual space, um, and particularly how they you know could during the pandemic. If you think about the peaks in demand for payment holiday requests and uh, mortgage applications.
1: Yeah, yeah, great. I mean. Um for the, the the kind of payment holidays change was a kind of major challenge for the, the whole kind of mortgage market and um i i think there, a lot of our members did use sort of digital solutions there's a lot of interest in that we had a number of kind of sessions with um uh, kind of fintechs providing tools to kind of yep streamline that I, you know not, not all of them would have used them as well some some also did sort of manual intervention as well mm-hmm. but I think um, they kind of all met the challenge successfully I think it's the interesting one is going forward mm-hmm. um, uh, I know a no, number of our members are looking at sort of um, digital solutions to sort of help streamline their forbearance going forward and kind mm-hmm. of how they so so that's kind of away from payment holidays but but generally taking a more sort of digital approach to um, uh kind of how they you know where people get into to to debt issues uh one of our members is already using open banking in terms of their forbearance solutions as well um and uh you know i think there's there is an openness to kind of adopting newer ideas and um uh, out of necessity i think but I, i i mean i'll be equally interested going forward to know what the long, long-term long impact mm. is for kind of members because it really has um, really pushed the agenda to the forefront in terms of actually dealing with fintechs to, to kind of provide solutions and other bits like that. Yes. Um, it has actually provided solutions for actually, how much of that, you know, it, for most of those um, fintech providers that were, came up with tools to help with payment holidays, that isn't their their bread and butter. No. They've come up with a solution, but how much of that then Mm -hmm. um translates to kind of using other solutions that they may have so i think it's a definitely an an interesting area and it's been a kind of a a, a big change for the the
0: kind of whole sector yeah i guess did you see i mean certainly some of our clients we saw you know rapid adoption of ABMs uh for and we've heard in the industry that you know some lenders have required wet signatures for example that remove that requirement that Maybe been debated for years internally, but never got quite got, you know. Uh, yeah. To. Um It'd be interesting to see, as you say, how much of this is kind of kept moving forward, uh, uh and you know, I guess more of the mindset shift as well as who knows what's around the corner. Yeah, you know, it's about of like preparing for the next, you know. Uh, I guess, yeah. I guess. Uh, I mean,
1: I think I think digital signatures is a, is a a kind of big one, um mm. and I think that really isn't in the gift of any lender or or broker really to kind of necessarily push that. I think that's that's. Good that's going to be an industry kind of wide challenge but I think there has been anecdotally kind of a, a lot more adoption of that and with um, and HM Land Registry um, they, they've recently been, been um, doing work around kind of electronic signatures and uh, you know in terms of um, using electronic signature uh, I think that will really start to kind of push the boat around those types of things so yeah I think um, and especially with with H M landridge that was that was pushed as well about round. Um, I mean, they were already talking about it at quite a, a kind of strong level, but um, really trying to kind of innovate within the sector and and um, digitise what has been a very sort of manual process. And I know kind of when, um, from my own experience, when I kind of bought a house, mm. especially kind of around the conveyancing aspect of it and the the um, you know as you say putting a wet signature to documents just seemed to be the yeah it just didn't seem like a modern way of doing things
0: but that's uh <laughs> a way of putting it <laughs> yeah but i guess similarly those firms you know in conveyances and sisters that um, they had to adapt you know to to the to, to new situation as well so i think i think that, that kind of
1: yeah i, I think you're, you are seeing conveyances adapt um as well i kind of my next, my next property purchase i hope uh I hope to kind of uh, see see mass adoption and um, yeah, doing doing something maybe on an app rather than um, yeah a, a kind of uh, book coming through my um,
0: door and uh, having to kind of yeah. sign it at the end. Yes, I think actually that even if it's not forced by government or what to adopt this technology, you know, if if. You start to get a really uh, slick digital process by, you know, some conveyances that's plugged into Patreon H&M, and some lenders, etc. You know, ultimately, if you could share digital ID along the journey, things like this, it can become a really um, key differentiator in the market. And uh, you know, if you're if you're looking at your uh, buying your next house, you know, I think the, the demand from customers will be okay. You know, I would like to go this route in terms of this digital conveyancing process. Maybe it costs more. Maybe it costs less. Assume less, but I think that that competitive pressure. Uh, I think ultimately will drive drive that forward. Um, so I guess if we um, put COVID-19 aside for a moment, <laughs> what do I'm um, thinking more broadly? I mean, you, you you've been hosting these digital mutual events for a couple of years, as you say. I mean, you know, lots of debate there and uh, and interesting talks. What do you see as the the real main challenges uh, for building society when embarking on digital transformation?
1: I mean, um, I guess the key one is is uh, is one that that's kind of the same for the entire sector uh, around um incumbent technology and um you know we say okay. s- strategic goals are kind of about where individual firms are going and you know with uh you know we've got 43 building society members and then six credit union members so yeah. there's kind of a variety of different business models they have and actually mm-hmm. what they're focused on i think th- only three out of those firms are focused on current accounts the other mm-hmm. the remainder are, are focused around credit union is obviously different, but within building um mortgages and savings is their sort of bread and butter. So, and also many of them I think have, will have uh, a branch network. So they're kind of key part of the community. So their challenges are around, you know, existing technology, actually, what is the art of the possible for them? Mm-hmm. And then actually also, you know, where the, where they digitize actually bring along customers as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they, and I think, um, Mortgages is one aspect which I know you're particularly focused on, but mm. I think um, savings is another mm-hmm. key aspect around um, how uh, you know, how do you actually bring along customers who um, actually really like a paper based passbook and yes. um, you know they like their branch and they like the fact that that they're they're um uh, their, their branches in the community, those are all key strengths of, of Bill and, and I think it's you know it's, it's, it's how do you reconcile those aspects as well because potentially you may want to get um, younger customers who may be less keen around sort of a branch network so I think there are all these different pressures and and different organisations will will respond in different ways ultimately but um, I mean within the mortgage sector and where our members of um, I'd say they've been some of the early pioneers um, and some of the newer fintech entrants into the market but you know potentially with manual workarounds to kind of get around where there are technological barriers to it. but there's a lot of willing I think within the yeah, sector yeah. to kind of
0: try different bits. Yes I guess they're in a bit of a unique position given the the history of the building society uh, kind of movement and the social purpose yeah you know if there is a trend within challengers and incumbent banks kind of reinventing themselves to have you know frictionless digital native experience you know that's not necessarily going to be best for all customers and there's probably going to be customers that don't fit within that model of you know uh, algorithmic decisions etc do you think there's an opportunity perhaps for uh, mutuals uh, uh, to um, maybe use technologies to kind of serve local communities in a different way to 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 banks absolutely but i would say our members
1: are already doing it you know they they already provide that sort of uh manual underwriting, and i've seen <laughs> systems that that are available in the market where you can sort of digitize that process as well, and there are yep. kind of other fintechs around the market sort mm. of taking that to another level where you automate that but i think yeah there, there, there definitely is that 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 uh, opportunity i suppose it's kind of how do you automate but maintain that human touch that's okay. the kind of the key yeah. challenge I think because that is the strengths of building societies that they're not they're 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 taking a view on on aspects and really looking at the customer Mm. um rather than actually maybe just viewing them as a number and just kind of processing through
0: yeah in that
1: respect so yeah um you know that that would be kind of um i i I think they're already they already have that sort of opportunity Mm -hmm. to sort of um get in there with 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 customer and i think also the the whole idea of um mutuality Mm -hmm. still really resonates with um, building society customers but also sort of uh, you know customers that aren't members of building societies as well. Mm. Um, and there was an interesting study from a UK fintech called Bud um, mm. and they were looking about kind of this attitude towards the sector and I think they found among society's own customers uh, there was greater trust even for the NHS and this was being done sort of at the height of lockdown. So. I think that's kind of testament to the massive opportunity the sector has because trust in the sector is is so high yeah um, you know they 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 they're all they will have do different things but i think it's um it's that that is the challenge How do you sort of digitize but actually maintain the the key strengths of the sector
0: yeah yeah i guess uh, casting back i was invited by a uh, name them, the British Society to come and talk to their members. Uh, it's about two years ago now uh, about open banking and digital uh, and the kind of future and, and opportunities. Uh, and really, really interesting uh, opportunity, and it really valued that the the demographic and age of the, the kind of members was um, was uh, I guess a, a bit older uh, and less kind of, you know day to day using digital services. So I guess it's you now as well uh, for me just in terms of you know. Um, but they were open to using technology as well so it's how you can kind of deliver the best of both worlds i guess uh, for, for these kind of members yeah members. i mean re-
1: i think um yeah sorry yeah uh, sorry i didn't mean to jump in oh, at that's fine,
0: yeah <laughs> I, I was just going to say
1: um i mean one example um recently did uh, a blog on, it on our website but with um, principality building Society, and they partnered yep. with uh, a fintech called life moments to create mm-hmm. a sort of life coaching app okay which is available in the app store and that's to help younger customers. So they're really looking at a sort of younger demographic to bring them in via yep. an app um, and they've also partnered it with a, a savings account as well. But it's, um, it, it's a good example of kind of fintech and, and building society partnering together, but actually also, how do you use that sort of partnership to go after a different hmm. different consumer demographic as well?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess um, that dovetails like neatly onto the kind of, the topic around, I guess how, there's a very wide variance of size in the building society space, uh, yeah. and budgets and the, Massive, the, yeah. things on this. So, I mean, how do, you, how do you see the smaller building societies really competing on the digital front, given budgets sometimes can be very limited?
1: Well, I think, um, I think the encouraging thing that we've seen is, is um, many of their existing IT providers are, are really mm. adapting um and that sort of especially when we've been talking with fintechs about newer technologies Mm. i've been really impressed at sort of it's um obviously cost will be a big factor within this but it's it's um i think where where a case can be made about how um you know technology or or system can really um benefit organizations uh, that um, we've had small and medium and large Mm um societies involved i think um specific so example i'm i'm thinking about is sort of like like reg tech and mm-hmm. and other bits like that because i think there's such a huge opportunity there mm-hmm. for um uh you know kind of all firms of all sizes to take it yes. to, to kind of have an opportunity there yes. because it is such a a big part of their activity to report to the regulators about their activities yes um so how you sort of streamline that could be
0: quite powerful i guess that that probably focus on reg tech as a kind of an idea probably dovetails quite neatly with what we we're talking about earlier the, the purpose of uh, uh, where where mutuals really add value so we do a lot, a lot of work within the specialist lending space as well uh and you know the value of having that human underwriting you know shouldn't be dismissed particularly in a more, more complex world for certain cases uh, yeah. But ultimately, whenever we go in and review the processes, there's always things that ultimately, you know, a human being doesn't need to be doing necessarily you know, reeking of data, doing various... Look-up. Yeah. Uh, so actually, you know, sticking to the principle of still offering that kind of bespoke service uh, to the, to their members. Yeah. But, you know, freeing up the human to focus on that rather than the kind of, you know, more manual... Uh, yeah. That that ...don't add value, I guess. Probably. Yeah, that, that, I think that's that's it in a nutshell. Um,
1: and I think we've, we've already seen uh, some of our members partner with firms where they use um, artificial intelligence and machine learning to to kind of what sort of two parts really. One that it kind of improves the process of actually for the consumer when they're they're doing say the advice process, they can yep. maintain quality. Mm-hmm. But it also speeds up the process because it, it knits into the underwriting process as well. Mm-hmm. So you have kind of quality speed, but you're you're still actually also providing a sort of manual, manually underwritten process as well. So there's there's a real kind of embracing of those technologies. I think on, on open banking mm-hmm. is an interesting one. We, we've already had some of our members start to look at uh, using open banking around mortgage affordability, okay. which I think initially was a sort of um, the real obvious use yeah. case. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I think going forward firms will start to look at it on the savings side as well you know we, we had recently had open banking implementation entity in speak to our members and they were talking about kind of sweeps and other bits like that you know that could be a real um, potential avenue where you're um, sweeping money in from another account so that makes a savings account the kind of core part of yeah. your um, yeah. saving strategy rather than so the, the, it will sweep it in from the current account so I think there's, there's opportunities there. You don't necessarily need the current account to be sort of the central focus for um, yeah. how somebody budgets and how they kind of um, put money away for kind of goals that they're aiming for or rainy day funds, which are all kind of core aspects of building safety. So um, yeah. you know, there's, there's kind of uh, an openness to technology already, but I think there are there are there are kind of key opportunities going forward as
0: well. Yeah. yeah. So i guess if you think about open banking and mentioned ai chatbots, new technology etc you know we've been uh, uh around the space for I'm talking about this for a few years now uh, uh i think it's fair to say things like open banking have taken a bit longer to take off than a lot of people anticipated at the beginning yeah. do you, are you seeing really momentum starting to build then in the mutual space do you think 20, 2021 is going to be, going to be a, a year where adoption to new technologies is going to, going to take off
1: i think it's still early days okay. to be honest but mm. i think I think you I I'd, I'd be surprised if we don't see some adoption. Yeah. And um and I guess it will be you know how how mm. how popular they are and how successful it is but I think um it's a uh, there's 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 definite interest in it with with some organizations. I think it it open banking has still been you know I was, I thought it was an interesting example um over the financial crisis and um I think one of the the vendors was 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 using open banking to transfer money, mm. but they they called it a bank transfer. They they ditched the open banking phrase. Right. And I think and that was the choice I think of of the, the 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 retailer to do that uh or the or the merchant. Um and I guess it kind of makes sense, you know, there's so much fear and concern around security within organizations. Um Maybe there's a kind of PR issue around open banking
0: mm-hmm. in
1: terms of, of of for consumers. So, so maybe intrigued. it will, have, maybe it will kind of appear, but but
0: yes. it won't be called open banking. Who knows? But it's, yes, um, yeah, intuitively, the word open and your banking, I guess, intuitively feels you know might feel a little bit strange for some people to think about it in that way, given that it's typically quite yeah a private thing. Interesting, saw an article yesterday that Tesco Bank implemented a similar feature using open banking, and they called it Pay by Bank again how they kind of react. yeah yeah exactly so um, so you know they, they
1: i'm i'm sure there will, there will definitely be open
0: banking used whether whether it's called that um yeah. kind of remains to be seen and i guess in, within the mortgage process as you say no-brainer if you can get instant access for, you know, rather than having to get paper bank statements reception validated no-brainer there within the savings space because i've been to lots of presentations from you know fintechs that are promising for example that You'd have this intelligent bot that's constantly looking at the best savings account for you, and it would shift money. Mm. But you know there is risk as well for both societies There, because so much, of, you know, what I understand from the space is you're really building that relationship with the the the, the member, and there's a risk of it becoming kind of highly commoditized. Uh, you know, if you think about the user not even choosing necessarily to work with that mutual and just moving money uh, automatically. So I guess there's probably risk and opportunity there.
1: Uh, exactly. Yeah. No, no, that's a very good point. Um, I was just interested because the other one is around sort of uh, API functionality within this mortgage space and I think when we last met in person to person that was the whole kind of point of the session was around sort of API adoption yep. and how how much that, that was going to kind of potentially change the market. Mm. Do you think you know just as you're asking around sort of open banking and traction over that for the last, next 10 years do you think apis well, have we, have we hit that
0: sort of tipping point on um yeah like, API it's, a good,
1: usage?
0: It's, a, it's a good question i guess yeah thinking back to january again it feels like a bit of a different world that was one of the key things that came out of this round table was you know the industry knows it's a no-brainer that you know uh um, and that it's quite far behind other sectors in terms of just basic parsing of data between entities electronically. Still, there's a lot of rekeying of data, brokers keying into different platforms and uh, submitting applications manually, et cetera, et cetera. So, I guess, from an efficiency point of view, uh, compared to other sectors we work in, particularly insurance and others, um, you know, the industry is quite far behind, uh, and, but momentum is starting to build. So, I guess, you've been you uh, know, in, in your former life at Mortgage Strategy. I guess you've probably seen talk of this in, in, in years gone by, and there's been many false ones before, I guess, um, but um, particularly you are seeing, uh, uh, um, even during the, the COVID crisis announcements, of more people plugging into things like you know, Irish Connect and 27Tech. Uh, yeah, and yeah exactly. Some of the, I think Nationwide were uh, one of the players plugging in, uh, and obviously uh, the Mortgage uh, Brain Solution as well, Lendeps. Um So, yeah, I think momentum is building. Some of that work has been paused by COVID because of other people got dragged to other uh, uh, tasks, particularly around building payment holiday request processes and managing that. Uh, but I certainly think that the momentum, you know, I thought, I think I did say that 2020 with the year of the mortgage API I might shift that to 2021, if that's, you really, know, if I'm allowed to <laughs> move forward slightly. But I think you, things that we're hearing in the background and things that we're working with our clients, that is a main focus. Um, interesting, a lot of the investment early on has been more focused on within lenders, how could they perhaps deliver direct-to-consumer proposition powered by these APIs? I think that probably will start to see a bit more sort of initial application of that. Uh, and then those APIs being used to, to, to facilitate broker communication sort of next. I mean, does that kind of marry up with you, what you're seeing in the building sites of space? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, I think uh, our members are,
1: or many of our members are really looking to sort of digitize how they, um, they do do mortgages and you know the speed there are many 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 advantages to them for 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 doing that and also for kind of engaging with the customers as well um, i just just uh, i just wondered you know when you're kind of talking about all the different solutions that are out there and there yeah. is a rather an open standard that mm. whether there could still be um kind of potential issues around barriers where there's kind of multiple apis that you use the lender or broker or 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 even a kind of uh, fintech need to be plugged into and yeah that kind it. of you know c- you, you could have a kind of spaghetti of different apis all connecting up all doing roughly the same thing but yeah. with different standards and and kind of the the potential
0: cost implications that would come into that as well um, yeah and certainly even between the three that we mentioned we're hearing it from, from our clients you know things are just there isn't one standard things are described slightly differently there are other uh, entities in the market i think mortgage engine one and, and some others that i guess are taking the reverse view and saying here's an agreed standard you adapt and plug into this as far as, as i understand that they're in other mm. similar. but there have been things like this in the past uh, that uh, you know having a full standardized set application form for, for the sector some movements are trying to uh, uh, agree that but as i'm sure you're sort of familiar yeah. getting agreement on that is incredibly challenging so i guess the good thing is um in principle, once a lender plugged into one of these services, ultimately then it becomes a much smaller mapping exercise. Once they have the ability and they've you know got their core systems ready to communicate with these, whether you you know whether it's 20% difference in terms of mapping between these different platforms, ultimately that's a much smaller task. And I think in the background, what we've seen in the last couple of years is kind of more strategic thinking about back-end platforms and really making them ready uh, and also recognising that you know you're not necessarily going to have one new system that's going to solve everything for you uh, as an organization you know it's, you're going to have kind of you know, a number of systems satellite platforms plugged in together so i think an element of a and when maria harrison podcast a few months ago she called it the, the risk of having a spaghetti junction of apis i think there is a risk there but i think uh, um that uh, um that will be worked through uh, i guess um i guess i'm an optimist <laughs> um so I guess in terms of um, uh, within the mutual space, then. So I guess there's a fair amount of dependency on incumbent vendors, you know, software platforms. I mean, I think nationwide, probably, and, and big, bigger uh, um, uh, organisations that perhaps you know a bit more of a uh, capability to build their own platforms have more flexibility there to to, to, to do uh, to innovate and build things bespoke. Um, do you do you see your members really perhaps? waiting for these platforms to catch up and that's really when we'll see kind of bigger change in the sector i think we're already starting to see changes
1: within um those those providers who are kind of responding positively so um Mm -hmm. yeah no i think i think um providing that that connectivity is key but i think it is it's definitely definitely happening um yeah and i think that will probably accelerate adoption over the next couple of years yeah um because it just you know, I can kind of, when when you have meetings with fintechs and they talk about kind of plug and play, yes.
0: um,
1: with with you know just you just have to kind of plug in your API and it's if you don't have that API connectivity, it can obviously make things more challenging. So I think you know, that, that's kind of key part of it. But um, yeah, and I, and I think generally um, it's, it's kind of been a very very positive sort of examples of um, our members partnering with fintechs mm-hmm. to bring stuff to market and um, and I think there, there's a real openness to kind of um, engage with firms and see how they can um, improve their systems and and uh, improve the experience for customers as well.
0: Yeah. So I guess you, you've you been running your distribution event for a couple of years now, mm-hmm. uh, you said that you've got, I think it was in November, you're, you're running the next month? Yeah, November
1: 3rd and 4th. Oh. It's going to be virtual. So it'll be in the afternoon of the 3rd and morning of the 4th okay. and we'll, we'll be focusing very much around equally um sort of kind of co I was gonna say post-COVID but that's unfortunately not the case. Um kind of the, the, the COVID environment <laughs> a, of, of kind of digital services and other bits like that. Mm-hmm. Um and then mortgages and, and and savings as well and kind of sort of talking about just what we've been talking about in this conversation as well, you know, where the kind of big changes could be and um and some sort of examples of where firms are already starting to kind of grapple with these things as well
0: yes i imagine there's probably some useful case studies that, uh you know, yeah a year on now and i guess uh, if we think a year forward it'd be good perhaps to come back on and do a review of the year and see uh, if my optimism was uh, well founded. yeah, or, yeah <laughs> that sounds
1: that sounds good well I, you know, I i i always optimistic as well but i think um i think that there's there the only thing is kind of um you know potentially I understand there's kind of commercial sensitivities around it as well but I think they're the you know whether whether I'll be able to actually able to talk about it but um, I think our, our members are, are by and large kind of very positive about mm. sort of, um, the opportunities out there I, I agree with you there are challenges but um, and, and potentially big ones but um, you know that the sector is is I think really responding to um, what they're
0: seeing yeah yeah sounds good and I guess hopefully, you know, one, you know, uh, a small positive from this is we've really seen a mindset shift post, you know, uh, uh, post the, well, the lockdown, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and really when, you know, the call centers flood, they really struggled to deal with these peaks of demand. So a real recognition that, you know, digital isn't an option, like right, digital is, is the future most efficient channel. Uh, so, you know, even if it's augmented by human beings to deliver underwriting, et cetera, you know, ultimately to, to, to survive and thrive in the future. Um, I think a lot of people have kind of, um, uh, uh shifted their mindset a bit uh so hopefully that kind of um continues in, into the future and we'll see yep. where we get to yep. okay it's tough. so if you want to um yeah if you send through a a, 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 a link to that additional uh, mutual event we'll, we'll uh, include it in the show notes and um hopefully we'll, we'll catch up with you soon and thanks a lot for joining us today great thanks mark